Hey there, my name is Fella Ebioye, and this is How to Corporate, my digital show about how successful professionals navigate career moves and money matters. Today's topic, how to negotiate your worth with my guest, Dr. Rochelle Parks Yancey. So welcome back. Today's topic is, you know, really an area that I've wanted to focus on for a while. It's a skill set that everybody should have at the end of the day, uh, knowing your worth. It's a common phrase that's thrown around all the time, but do people really know how to apply your worth, right? And, uh, but never fear, <laughs> how the corporate is here. And I can't think of a better person to have this conversation with than uh, the great Dr. Rochelle Parks Yancey. She is a human resource professor. She is a career coach, a uh, multi-book uh, author, uh, resume writer, fitness competitor, motivator. I can't think of all her titles. All right? I can't think of all her titles. She has a lot of them. So, uh, but, you know, first and foremost, thank you, Dr. Yancey, so much for attending the podcast today to have this discussion. So, you know, thank you so much. Appreciate you for sure. So um, I'll first just start to kick it off. I mean, Dr. Yancey, maybe you want to give the folks a little bit about your background as before we kind of get into the topic, just talk a little bit about yourself. So certainly um, a little bit about me is that, uh, you know, I'm very hard headed. My parents always said that and I learned everything the hard way. So most of the stuff that I talk about is because I learned it the hard way, you know, but, but that's okay. Um, so, you know, obviously I specialize in uh, human resources, uh, you know, Bella talked about, um, you know, resume writing and, and all that sort of thing. But I do want to mention that I did not start off, I was always a business major, but originally I thought I was going to be a banker. Um, I finished college, that I was going to be a banker and, you know, I worked in banking and it was horrendous. I'm not criticizing the banking industry. I'm saying that it was horrendous for me. And I was paid very well. The money was good, right? But, you know, at Fridays at 5 p.m., I felt like I was escaping a graveyard, only to go back to the graveyard again on Monday. So, <laughs> you know, and I knew, you know, I, I just couldn't live like that yeah. anymore. So anyway, you know, so I kind of fumbled around and I did like a lot of other things, you know, and then I found out that, you know, HR was kind of my area, specifically training, development, recruitment. And that was how, you know, I got into that. But my whole point is that where you started is never where you have to end up. You know, as far as I'm concerned, we can still be or do whatever it is we want to be or do up until, you know, we're dead or we're in the hospital. And I'm not dead, I'm still not in the hospital. So, you know, I'm all right. So, you know, so. Still living, still kicking. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's, um. That's really, you know, uh, you know, uh, about me. I'll talk about, you know, some of my books and, you know, and so on, you know, later on. But just in terms of who I am, um, I'll just mention one thing. I totally believe that we are 100% responsible for our own career. I mean, Fela knows how I am about this. I don't believe in victimhood. Nobody's going to save you. No one's going to help you unless you're going to help yourself. You got to be willing to fight for what's yours. And fight doesn't mean necessarily... Um, uh, aggressively, you have to know how to fight strategically. You cannot count on a company. I don't care what the company is. You can't count on a client to tell you what your worth is. You need to do your salary homework, and so we'll get into that uh, to know what that range is. And there are a number of variables um, that that go into that. And just to like give you an example, so I was talking to a client yesterday, 
And they were like, well, what do you think my resume suggests that I would be worth? And I'm like, I can't answer that question with any intelligence. I can make up a number that would make you feel good, but I'm not a liar and I'm not a damn liar. And I'm not going to do that. You know, so uh, it's up to you. So to, to your point, it's up to you to know your worth. Don't count on a company to tell you, because here's the thing. I'll give you just a really quick example. You can think, well, OK, I'm worth 120. And I mean, 120,000 rather for a particular role. And a company is like, okay, we'll give you the 120. You know what that means? There was way more money on the table and you left it. And it's your fault that you didn't go get it. So, so, so to that point, right? I mean, I, I think sometimes folks are maybe a little scared, right? To even just yes. push back, right? That, yes. that, that push back on the needle to say, well, I mean, $120,000, that's, that's a nice salary. That's, you know, that's good money. If they put it out there, I don't want to turn them off. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say, well, maybe I'm coming off too greedy. Or maybe they say, oh, well, we can get the next person who's, you know, um, for much cheaper or exactly at the price range that, you know, we're trying to go for. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of folks who probably have that mentality. I mean, what, what would you say to those who may say, you know, what? I don't really want to rock the boat here. I feel if I get that offer and I've been, maybe I've been out of work for three, four, five, six months and and it's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, what would you say to that? Is that a way to, are you cutting yourself short by doing so? Or is there a way to maybe come at it later on at a bite at the apple? I mean, what, what are your thoughts there? No, okay. Shaking your okay. head. No. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> so number one, here's the thing. And I'm yeah. saying this as a professor, college is a lie, mm. all right? College will teach you that if you just do the right thing and you just work hard, everyone's going to recognize your value. That's a load of garbage. Okay. You don't get paid what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. So here's the deal. If you've been out of work a long time, I totally respect you taking whatever you got to do to pay some bills. But in the meantime, you keep looking for opportunities to value you. You know why? Because there's nothing worse, and I'm sure that fellow like you've experienced, or I certainly have experienced, when you start a job, you're all excited. You may even be happy about the salary. Then you find out, oh, wow, I'm making like 30000 less or whatever it is than someone else. But whose fault is it that you didn't ask for it? And people tend to blame the company and blame everybody else, but I don't blame people for what I did not ask for. That's my fault. You know, see, I'm all in about doing what I can own, right? Now, I do understand being afraid, like, well, if I ask for more, you know, ask for my, my what what my worth is, they're going to walk away. Well, number one, one mistake people have is number one, they don't ask at all. There's always a range, always, okay? But then number two, um, people, even if they do ask, as I said, they don't just do their homework. They just have pulled a number out of the air. But where did this number come from? You know, what salary homework have you done on the back end to support what you're asking for on the front end, right? Then number three, they don't practice their salary negotiation verbiage because, and even writing, in writing as well as uh, a verbiage because it's practice. It is hours and hours and hours um, of, excuse me, of practice. And then number two, I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like I was put on this earth to fit in with everyone else. I feel like I was put on this. I wasn't born. I'm going to call it Dr. Seuss. You know, I put this on LinkedIn a lot. I wasn't born to fit in. I was born to stand out. And see, I believe that about you too. Not just fail. I believe that about people. I communicate that to students. I communicate that to clients. That's who I am. So if a company is like, if you ask for anything remotely, have you, if you've done all your homework, 
and you ask for anything remotely relating to what you're worth and they're like you no. well you need you know what they're basically telling you we don't value you we want you to work like a dog for less money than you're worth and you know what they may sound good at first but about a month later you know what you're going to do you're going to be thinking you're going to be like i am overworked and i am underpaid and you're going to be mad right so you know again i understand taking a job you know to pay some bills but let's stop counting on these companies anybody i don't care what the company is i don't care if it's profit i don't care if it's non-profit it does not matter it is not their job to negotiate your top dollar that is your job and you're not going to learn that in school well unless you had me or <laughs> dr cooley but otherwise <laughs> you're right about that you're right about that no i mean that i think that that's well said dr yancy because um, like you said it's you know in in school we're, we're, we're taught that you know this is the way things are right like this is it's very structured it's you know just graduate get a good job or you know i mean and maybe not today but i would say years ago it was get a good job stay with that company for 30 plus years retire out get your gold watch and call it a day right so that's that's very different from 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 today's environment and i think honestly what a lot of people are willing to to do i mean people are willing to not only negotiate just you know salary but living arrangements right i mean we're in a pandemic now and people are living all over the globe people are relocating and doing all these things and saying that hey look i don't why should i have to you know live in some no-name town to work in the, to the, do a job that i'm able to do from home so i want to live in mexico for a year or on a beach or whatever the case may be so i think you made a lot of good points that at the end of the day you got to be willing to have the confidence in yourself right to be able to push the needle to say you know i deserve this oh i deserve that or whatever the case may be so no nah, i think it's well said well said so so you kind of talked a little bit about some of the skill sets right that are kind of necessary to um to go through or to maybe beef up when when it comes to negotiating could you maybe talk a little bit more about some of the skill sets you feel like are necessary to kind of have that confidence to to even have that conversation okay so and to to clarify do you want me to actually go through the uh kind of salary negotiation strategies or kind of first the sort of internal bolstering of yourself to even be able to do that in the first place? maybe start with just even just the internal piece right because you know I, how okay. can you even go there without even having a skill set for yourself so i mean you talk a little bit about right. practice right you know practicing in front of a right. mirror or whatever just things like that okay so i mean Okay, all of us feel fear about various things. I do no different, you know, than, than anyone else. And I'm not saying this is what other people have to do. I'm saying you have to find a thing that works for you to bolster you. For me, you know what I do? I talk to Rochelle. Rochelle is one of my best friends. She is my, I'm serious, I am so serious about this. I have no she doubt. She <laughs> is my hardest uh, uh, manager. She is my biggest cheerleader. You know, I hate Rochelle and I love Rochelle all at the same time. So <laughs> What's the name of that, that old song, Rochelle, Rochelle, Rochelle? What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, but I'm serious though. So when I'm feeling afraid, which I have many times and still do and fully expect to, what works for me is to talk to myself and i literally will say to myself over and over again rochelle other people have done this before they are no smarter they are no better than you 
If they can do it, you can do it too. And for me, speaking it out loud, even as I'm dealing with whatever I'm dealing with, is what works for me. We can still move forward, even though we're afraid. So see, I'm, and what I don't like, and I don't know if you tell me where already got this, I don't like when people tell me not to be afraid. I feel like saying, F you, don't tell me how to feel. And I feel like you're minimizing how I feel. So I never tell people, I don't tell a student, I don't tell a client, I don't tell my son to be afraid. What I do say is that here are the actions that you can still take, even though you're afraid. I think there's too much focus on our feelings sometimes. And what I mean by that is I'm not, you can feel afraid, but you can still do something even though you're afraid. You know, I'm a parent. I was terrified to have a baby. Well, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, my point is that I don't feel like fear is an excuse mm. for you not to go forward and put your uh, best brand forward. So I'm not telling you not to be afraid. I'm saying that you find whatever methods it is for me is talking to myself, but you find your internal strategies to go forward, even though you're afraid. No, nah, that's a that's an excellent point, Dr. Nancy. I think, like you said, it's um, I mean, if we think about all the things in life that one could be afraid of doing, right? Yeah. But you know you got to do anyway. So um but finding the confidence to do that it just i don't i just for me it always felt like a lot of this stuff just really boils down to confidence right it's really confidence in oneself confidence in the ability to do it but i mean you know pushing through without fear having practice you know having the conversation with yourself when you've rehearsed it several several time and time again i mean you can only imagine how much better equipped you are with having that conversation with you know uh, with somebody else so so before let's say negotiating with you know like maybe your existing employer um uh what type of research would you go about or recommend and i guess as a follow-up right kind of the next part of the question what kind of research would you recommend somebody do before the conversation right if you know you're okay. about to go in and have this conversation to talk about salary or whatever you want to negotiate like what kind of research would you want to go through Okay, so here are some things that people need to do. Number one, you need to know the dollar value of you. And so let me name some things. What are the dollar value of your education, your certifications, your skills, your knowledge abilities, your experience, your accomplice for, and I'll name these five entities, for the job that you want or you have, or you know, whatever it is, okay? Even if it's your current role. All right. And you're trying to negotiate a raise. It's, it, the concept is still the same. Whatever the job it is that you want. All right. Um, what is the value of beer for that job in that company, in that industry, in that city, in that state or country? Those five. And I'll say them again that job, that company, that industry, that city that state or country because those variables all impact salary they all impact pay and just like to give you an example um you know obviously you know i live in the houston area so let's just take a marketing manager role in i don't know uh 
let's just say a, a large retail firm like a Walmart or Target or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. That may pay less than say an engineering firm, you know, like or Shell or you know oil and gas or something like that, because those roles just happen generally. I'm speaking in general, pay more in this area, right? Than you know the Target, Walmart, and so. So I can never comfortably, or not just comfortably, I won't ever say, well, for this job, you should definitely make this amount. That makes no sense if you have not done the factored in those five variables that I just talked about. Okay. okay. All right. So let me go on. Then um, you need to know all roles have what I call the, you need to know the high, the midpoint, the low, but then you also need to know your hell no. All right. So the high is, you know, again, there's a range. So this is an example. The, the easiest thing for me to do is to give an example of client, right? Mm -hmm. So that client, right? And so originally they were like, okay, this person is a VP of operations here in health. Okay. So they were like, well, you know, I'm going to ask for, so they were making about 290 before 290,000, excuse me. And they were like, okay, I'm going to ask for about 320, right? You're excited. I'm like, well, let's get unexcited. Have you done your homework to know what the value is of the role you want in that city, that state, that industry, you know, that uh, organization and so forth? And then I'm like, you know, how do you know that? So she did some the how or salary homework that, that we talked about, and she found out that the range was actually up to about 365. So 365,000. Gotcha. So just imagine how much of an idiot she would have felt and how happy the company would have been if she had been like 320, they wouldn't have been able to sign her fast enough. <laughs> you know? So we agreed then the high that, you know, it's about 365, say the middle, yeah, about 340 or so. And the low, as in the lowest amount that she was willing to accept was, it was about 325, all right? So then what that meant is her hell no, Mm -hmm. was $324,999.99. You know, you understand what I mean? Yeah. Now you have to be honest with yourself about what your hell no is. Cause see people lie to themselves. They'll say, well, you know, I want 200,000 and I'm not going to take less 200,000. Then they haven't practiced their negotiation. So they're really confident in their work. So the company's like, we'll give you 199. And they're like, Sold. <laughs> and then as soon as they say that, inside they're like, I suck. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. So those are the things that you know people have to do. And if you want me, if you want to make commentary here before I go on, I'll I'll stop now. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I just you can keep going. I think just okay. I'm just absorbing everything you're talking about. So yeah, you got it. Okay. All right. So you know, there did now there's never just one site you should look at for this information. First of all, talk to people in your industry. If you've been a good relationship builder, people, some people will tell you, well, I'll make about this now, you know, but those are things that, and I mean, people, you know, well, I don't mean random <laughs> sending messages to people on LinkedIn, like, yo, how much do you make? Come on now, seriously. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I, do, I do want to comment on that because yeah, I right? think, you know, that's something that I don't, I don't know if it, where it comes from, you know, but it's always been considered taboo, right. To kind of have those conversations but 
people are having those conversations regardless of whether you are or not <laughs> you know believe that for sure yeah. so um and you know sometimes being able to see a peer whether it be the organization you work in or somewhere else to kind of have an idea right because at the end of the day it's like you're not in competition with anybody we're just we're just sharing facts we're just sharing you know conversation like you said if it's somebody you personally know or you have a good relationship with then it really shouldn't be a problem so and I, I just i don't know i guess i kind of want to get out of the the stigma that sometimes people have about even having it and again agree with you don't be going around asking say hey how much money you make or any kind of mess like that but you know don't feel like you can never have that conversation with people because you can you know yeah and here's the thing and um like for example my case i mean mm -hmm. i work at a public institution anyway my salary is public information google it you'll find it <laughs> but my point is that but see that's where when people like things have been taboo these things have always been taboo because they benefit the company mm. you know and that's the problem is that people have, have for some reason have not understood the game because it's mm. a game all right and yep. the game is get you to work as hard as you can for as little money as possible mm. and i'm not upset at an organization for that i mean i'm really not i mean their business you know is to make money your business is to make money for you. So when you're playing someone else's game, you know, you are the game. Mm. <laughs> mm. Corporate you is know? a contact sport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you're like, well, I've always heard I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that. Think, mm. who does this benefit? Mm. Not you. All right. Now, to go on though, some other things though, so so different sites. So one, as I said, reach out to people, and I mean people you have personal relationships with. And to that, this is a different topic, but if you're like, well, I don't know anyone, I don't have those kind of relationships. Why have you not been investing in building relationships? That's your fault. That's not your company's fault, that's your fault. And that's your responsibility. But that's a different topic. But anyway, hey, don't worry. We're, um, gonna yeah. we're gonna cover that topic too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. But you know, LinkedIn has a, has you know salary information. Uh, Glassdoor, Payscale.com, Salary.com. You need to look at a variety of sources. Don't just go by what one source has told you. Look at them. Look at a variety and look at it in the aggregate, and then say, okay, that's how you kind of come up with what you know your midpoint, your high, your low is. Okay. Now. Other things that are negotiable, though, besides money, Phil, I just talked about them. Work from home, you know, can be a negotiable, right? I mean, that that can be one of them. Uh, Childcare, you know, if that's, I mean, these things are all money, all right? When you don't have to pay for something out of your pocket, that's equivalent of it getting in your pocket, all right? And sometimes it can be more, particularly if you aren't paying tax, it's like before tax, okay? All right, but anyway, um, if you have to drive and your company pays for parking, um, moving expenses your vacation paid time off um it, it, every industry is different so like stock options in my industry getting grants um bonuses uh if you have to drive your car your cell phone you know all those things all of those are negotiables i can't tell you and no one else can tell you what should be important to you you have to make a list of those things and say okay what else do i care about you know so just to give you and just to kind of highlight that um so i do have a client who was like okay um you know so in, in this case the company was offering i was like 154 or something like that and he knew he's worth about 168 
So he was willing. So, but he accepted like 162. But in addition, they were going to they paid for his MBA program, and that was something that was important to him. So know the other things that matter to you besides money. And I'll mention another thing: health insurance. Don't trust a company when they just say we offer health insurance. What does that mean? It could be with mom and dad's health insurer where you're paying a thousand dollars a month for some garbage. So you need to be sure that you understand what exactly are they offering? How much do you have to pay out of pocket, you know, for this health care? And how good is the health care? What is it? You know, and you need to know all those things before you accept an offer. Or even if you're um, this all still applies, by the way, even if you're negotiating a raise. I'll stop here unless you want me to go on. Yeah, no, I mean, say hey, you, okay. you, you, you're dropping it. So no, I'm just want to give you a going. chance to jump in. You know, all right. Yeah. Now, <laughs> once you know, once you know your high, your low, your midpoint, you know, and your hell no, you know your negotiables and so on, then you actually need to practice it. Mm. You actually need to verbally and in written form, you know, or chat, whatever. So company says, all right, we're going to offer you. I don't know. Let's suppose you know that the range, as I said, oh, well, I'll, I'll take my friend. Yeah. So, or it was kind. And they knew they were going to ask for the 320. They found out the high was a 360, right? So when the company was like, we're going to offer you 330,000, number one, if she hadn't done her salary at home, or she would have been happy about that. Then, no, she realized, no, no. Right? <laughs> so she came back at them and she was like, well, you know, thank you very much. And this is important. Emphasize that you're excited about working the company. So she said, you know, thank you very much. I'm totally excited about the offer. But then she said, however, it is lower, you know, and she named about 30,000, 35,000 lower than what I was expecting. All right. Given all the research I have done and the, that uh, regarding, you know, this role, as well as the value that I bring. And then she also went through to practice this name specific measurable accomplishments that uh you know were the basis of, of her employment history she didn't say things like well you know i've worked 15 years in healthcare. that's some bs so you can be 15 years of an idiot you know we all know people work in the job a long time and they stink so instead she said during my 15 years in healthcare, mm. i have accomplished this amount i have save this amount of money. I have hired this number of people. I have retained this number of nurses. I have gotten this accreditation for the hospital. She named measurable accomplishments. Yep. And then she said, and wait, and then she asked for the uh and then so she indicated, you know, so the amount I'm looking for is, you know, 165,000 based upon, you know, what I've said, this is what I'm worth and, you know, I hope we can come to an agreement. And so then company was like, well, okay, you know, I'd go back and negotiate, whatever. And she was like, then she was like, well, I need a date. You know, she requested a date. She was very nice about it. But because, yes. you know, you want to uh, have some urgency. For sure. Right. To, to the negotiation. Right. So anyway, so then they came back and they were like, well, okay, you know, we'll give you, I don't know, it was like three, 340 or something. Now, what many people do is they would say, well, okay, I'll take that. No, no, no. No, no, you don't no. just stop one negotiation. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then she said, okay, well, let me think about that. Then she did that, went back to them again, and then negotiated. She said, okay, well, I would still still would like to, you know, have get a little closer to the 365, but I also would like 
Um, it was like some additional vacation days and, you know, some additional uh, PTO and some other things that she cared about. Right. Mm-hmm. So she ultimately ended up with 348, but plus about three, yeah, but that'd be about 15 more days of, oh, oh, sorry, about 15 more days of PTO. And that's what she cared about. Right. Gotcha. But she was able to do this through extensive practice video you know um uh in the mirror practice yeah no i mean so that's that's a a great example and you know people don't always have opportunities to kind of hear about things like these unless they're literally going through the negotiations themselves so that's why this to me is a real gem because you really walked us through the beginning to end of how somebody has successfully done it and I mean, you named a lot of different things, right? But quantifying, you know, what you've accomplished, what you've brought to your organization, I think is a big piece. I think sometimes, you know, folks feel like, well, I've been here for a long time. I should, I deserve a raise. Like, whatever. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you know, and I'm saying this is how I've been in my industry where a lot of people feel like that. No, that's just a load of crap. That's yeah. to mean you haven't done enough to get fired yet. That's, that's, I think that's, and I mean, but that's but that's real. I think that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. But how often should you practice that? Right. So because I think sometimes you can deal with the pushback once you've thought about or practiced that no. Right. Because let's say you never practiced anticipating that no. When you hear it, you may not be ready for it. You may say, you know what? This is this is just where we're at with it. Right. This is just, you know, this is the best we can offer you. You know, I'm sorry. I, you know, would love to do more, but I can't. I'm sorry. And so, and then if you haven't done all that practice, you're kind of thrown off on that and say, "All right, well, I don't want to lose this opportunity, so I got to just take it, right?" And just enroll. And but you know, just in my personal experience, and from the folks that I've I've uh, talked to about these kind of things, you know, um, and it's not 100 percent of the time, but if an organization has the capacity to do it and you and they truly see your value they see your worth right they're going to do what they need to do in order to keep you that's absolutely true um it's like this when a company tells you we can't do something what they're really saying is we don't want to Mm. it's just that simple it is just that simple we don't want to now it could be because they really don't want to it could be because you didn't really make the case as why you were worthy of it. Hmm. I mean, that's just real. You know, it could be, you know, and the best analogy I can give is as a parent. All right. Yeah, as a parent, I'm a parent. Now, you know, your kid will ask for something. And if they're a wise kid, they know that the first no isn't always no. <laughs> you know, depends on the effectiveness of the arguments. Or whatever the main argument too strong word is the effectiveness of the debate. <laughs> so my point is that, you know, relating to work, seriously, is that when you before you go in for that raise or, you know, negotiating for, for a new job, you need to have your arsenal ready with all the things that I just talked about and what Fela mentioned about so many times people don't quantify what they do. And that's just inexcusable. I get it. School doesn't teach you that, but stop counting on school. Don't count on school. <laughs> you know, like, excuse me, life is school. Mm. So 
yeah so if company doesn't want absolutely says no that means they just don't want to negotiate but it does but it is on you to initially make the case and practicing your counter as i gave the example um, with my client and you have to practice this over and over again one thing i like about salespeople, but see we're all in sales but people actually work in sales is their whole job is overcoming objections mm -hmm. that's their entire job you know mm -hmm. and so that's what you have to see yourself as you are your number one salesperson for your number one brand and the only company that you truly are which is you you don't own your job you don't own that firm you know you work for someone else but you do own you and frankly i find that to be more important than any other job awesome yeah the, the last thing i mentioned particularly on video or being in person you don't just need to practice it verbally um you need to practice your facial expressions because mm -hmm. you need to be sure because see people don't negotiate with your mouth and negotiate with your face mm -hmm. so and you know this is me right so if your face is your mouth is saying here's why i'm worth this but your eyes and face are saying i'll take less mm -hmm. oh i'm negotiating with that face and i'm offering you less <laughs> so the part of the practice the value of the video is ensuring alignment of what you're saying with your facial expressions and this is something you have to do over and over again and Fela did ask about when the the minute that you are thinking of applying for a role this is before you apply or you're thinking mm, i want to race before you do anything you yeah. need to do all the things that we talked about. So often people be like, I, oh, I was tomorrow. I'm going to ask tomorrow. But what'd you do today? Well, nothing. Let me know how that works out for you. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, so that's, that's, that's awesome. I think just the examples and everything you brought out just shows how much, you know, this is a, I want to say an art form, but it kind of is a bit. I mean, it honestly, yeah, it is an art. Yeah. yeah it is yeah yeah the reason why i can do this stuff in my sleep is not because i have some magic i don't have any magic it's from <laughs> hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and more hours mm. of practice mm. awesome just it's so many to name i mean you drop so many gems and i again i can't appreciate i cannot uh, thank you enough for for having this conversation i mean clearly i've had the benefit of having you uh as a mentor and and constantly drilling these uh thoughts and practices over the years but there's a lot of people and i do mean a lot of folks who have not they don't they don't they don't have these kind of conversations we don't you know and if it's hard if you don't have somebody in your life to be able to bounce these kind of things off of so that's the whole purpose of this platform but you're not a victim if you don't and you Facts. can you know you, youtube is still your friend i'm, I'm a huge fan of youtube yep. a lot of stuff that you don't know you, yep. youtube can, can teach you so don't don't rely on why well, I don't have this person in my life because that's some BS. Figure it out. That's what YouTube is for. No facts. I mean, you facts. can always contact me, but if you don't do that, that's I okay. Mean, <laughs> 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 uh, I, 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 I would put you above YouTube. You know, so yeah, I'd say first right off the answer, then me. So, but uh, but no, I mean, it's you know, for the sake of time, I mean, we could continue going on with this, and we're definitely going to have oh. a more conversations around this topic because i think it's endless and to really dive into more of the scenarios kind of like how you did today we'd love to have you come back on and uh talk through that so you know looking forward to the continued conversation so um you know just going to really bring this to a close again dr Nancy, thank you so much this was you know phenomenal um 
you know, really want to give you the opportunity as well to kind of share, you know, any <laughs> of your, you know, LinkedIn or anything about your books that you may want to share with anyone's listening. I would love to do that. Okay. So my third book, and it is written with my colleague, Dr. Deloni Akuli, who's an amazing marketing person. If you need help with branding, she is like the woman for that. But okay. So our third book is, this is it. It is Be Your Best Career Architect. Here are the blueprints. You know, it's available on Amazon and it covers, you know, different career management strategies. Some of the things I talked about regarding salary negotiation are absolutely in here, but also like effective job hunt strategies, um, you know, building relationships, your two to four year career plan, that whole five years, 10 years, that's all old school garbage, you know? Uh, you know, what are you doing, you know, in the next few? I mean, you know, if, if COVID taught people nothing else, it shows you that, you know, we got to be prepared to adapt at any time. Okay. Now, um, I'm very active uh, on LinkedIn under Dr. Rochelle uh, Park Shanty. You know, certainly reach out, you know, be happy to uh, share my services. I will say, don't be weird. You know, don't send weird messages. You don't have to send messages like, I want to know how I can service and help you. Let's just the soft stop. It's so catchy if you just send a LinkedIn request and don't send any messages at all. I, I'm, I'm good. So, but anyway, if you are going to send a message, don't be weird. Okay. So, <laughs> don't be weird. Please don't be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, anyway, yeah. So, Dr. Michelle Park CNC. And I certainly cannot thank, you know, uh, Fela enough. Um, he definitely embodies everything that, uh, that we've talked about today. And I would definitely encourage you to not only listen to his podcast, but certainly share it um, with others because it, it it's very valuable. Please like, retweet, share all the above. So, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much. I'm going to definitely make sure I include a link uh, to your books as well um, when this is distributed too. So um, that's a wrap. So thank you, everybody. Appreciate you listening and uh, join me next time. Hey, thanks for tuning in. For more content, please click the subscribe button and follow us on all social media platforms at How to Corporate. Until next time, keep building.